Chazochadami. Hola means, well, you're just delivering it. Or does it mean as soon as I give it to you, you are acting on that person's behalf. You are acquiring it for them. And if you acquire it for them, it's technically theirs now. They just didn't get it yet. So how, how exactly is it working? Here, I owe this guy money. I'm giving it to you to, to give to him. So it, does your mission start immediately that you've actually picked it up and acquired it for that person? And then if you find out that he passed away later, well, it doesn't matter. It was his from the second I gave it to you. And so it's now going to go to his estate. Or no, you didn't do your duty until he got it and he never got it. Because when you went there, he already passed away. So what's the timing of the matter? When you give somebody something, uh, do they immediately um, take it to them means you're now to act on their behalf? Or it doesn't really begin until you get there and deliver it, and, and then the, the ramifications would be if something changes. So we had an interesting case where we had the person who was sending the money and the person receiving, and they both died. So... It's a, and you're, and the person who's the messenger is in the middle because he doesn't know what to do. Um, He doesn't also has to figure out the timing of it. So when did, which one dies? So does it go back? Does it go forward? Does it get split? And, and you have the heirs on all sides. Everybody wants the money, of course. So what do you do? So we had no fewer than five opinions about this case. Um, Let's begin on 14b. Um, the case, uh, we're not going to start all the way from the top because uh, today we'll, we're going to actually repeat most of it on the top of today's page. So um, the only thing we'll say, though, is um, what is this case exactly? Uh, uh, four lines from the five lines, and so part of the, the bigger issue was um, when the person is well, a regular healthy person, and he asks that money be delivered. So typically there, we wait for a, an action, a kinyan, for the transfer to take place. The, the requirements for transfer are more legal, the regular legal, whatever the legal requirements are. There are different ways of acquiring different sorts of things. So for example, he says, the guy in the deathbed, the guy in the, in the hospital room, he says, uh, this object that I have here, go and take it for that until uh, you, p- you picked it up. You didn't do a Kenyan. Whereas if the person was on the deathbed, so then they instituted special rules to make that, um, those commands binding. That's called Shkibmeira. So were we talking about the regular uh, healthy person? Now, it doesn't mean that he had a physical health, he'd passed the health. It just means that it wasn't specifically in that category of the death speech. There is that speech, you know, some, it's interesting. In those days, it seemed like people, like, they had this, they knew when they were going to die, and they had, they called everybody in, and they had their final uh, will, and uh, it seems like that's, uh, on, today, people don't always know their last, you know, that it's the final time, and they call everybody in, and it's just like not... Um, it could be because then when they got sick, they just, that was it. There was no antibiotics. There was no, it was, there was no getting better. Whereas today, people, they can go back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, I don't know. But either way, if a person knew he was dying, the rabbis gave special power to those commands because they didn't want to agitate him and say, well, I know you want to give that money back. I know you don't, 
you want to leave this world knowing that you borrowed money. And I mean, think about it for a second. A person uh, is a business person. They take things on credit. Uh, there's a lot of the stuff they have uh, belongs to other people. And so if they die and the kids inherit, they won't realize that that stuff they're getting doesn't act, didn't belong to their father. It belonged to the, the company. He, he had that on credit and whatever he sold, he was going to share the profit with them. And so it, it, it inadvertently, if that money isn't given back, then it's like a, he'll have left this world having stolen from all those people who gave him those things on credit to sell. And so he really wants to, he'll be very agitated. And if we tell him, we know you mean well, but you blew it because there, there's not enough time to pick up those wares and make a Kenyan. And so they instituted this concept of Shki Meira, that we bend the rules, we make them different for the person on the deathbed. Okay, fine. So it, uh, what this approach is that our case is talking about Shki Meira, it wasn't so clear. So then what is the argument? And the argument is uh, the oral argument. Is it enough uh, to follow what he says? What is the if the father didn't write a will, and uh, at the deathbed, or uh, he says, "Give this to so and so, and give so and so that, and that one gets the car, and that one," uh, just verbal declarations. He says he doesn't even care if it's deathbed. Um, Property needs laws. Acquiring ownership needs Kenyan. So it, and Kenyan goes by the type of item. So was he giving away land or was he giving away movables? So you can't just say, put that, you know, that land is his. That's not going to do it. You need one of the three methods of acquisition. Uh, now, you can say that, that, that it should go to that person, but that, that person will need to have a document uh, signed, or he'll have to take possession, or he'll have to give you like money to, uh, to acquire it. If these are properties that are not leanable, like movable auction, uh, movable things, so basically the first view in the argument is that uh, we, oral things have very little weight. I mean, they, they tell us what he wants, but it has to be followed up with a legal action. Whereas, that's one opinion, whereas the, um, uh, the Chachamim, they say, no, Eilei Nikma Mira. No, the verbal declaration in front of witnesses, that will do the trick. Um, the... Uh, Let's see, Rashi. Why do why do you need the verbal declaration? Al piv, al pitzavaso. He left. He, he this was his command. He's saying if the guy would have just passed away, they, you would just divide it equally. But he says, I want this kid to get that, and that kid to get that, and that one to get that. You know, some people that's what they they somehow have in mind that they want. This friend should get this sweater. And that friend should get that, you know, that's the, so he, those, those are not the natural divisions. So, um, uh, therefore, uh, the verbal works. The Chachamim, I'm sorry, the, the first opinion says you need a, a transaction, and the second opinion says verbal works. Amr Lo, they said to him, now, the, how do, where do you see, if this is true, that the rabbis accepted these kind of verbal declarations, you'd have to have a proof to show that that's been the practice. So they said, we can bring you the proof from the famous story. 
there was the mother of the certain peddler, Shaisa Chola, that got sick. Va'omra, meaning that she was getting ready to die. Va'omra, and she had a, was wearing a nice piece of jewelry. Now, normally, uh, uh, when she died, it would have gone to the estate, and the estate would have gone, and I think they call it probate or whatever, they, they would have just uh, divided it out, and uh, her daughter wouldn't necessarily have gotten that necklace. So she said, See, nothing can be nothing labiti. Give that necklace to my daughter. And uh, don't think this was a cheap necklace. Vihi bishnai master mana was a 1200 mana necklace. Vimesa, and then she passed away. And uh, that was enough, even though there was no written uh, uh, thing. You see over there that the verbal declaration did the trick. So the question is, would Rebbe Eliezer be impressed with this story? So, Omer Lehem, Rebbe Eliezer said, B'nai Rachel, uh, those are the kids of these peddlers or merchants, Tikavram Imam, uh, they should bury their mother. Uh, Apparently this family was not of good repute. Uh, they, uh, They were famous sinners. Let's do the Rashi. Tikavram uh, ima, it's a strange expression. You don't usually recommend giving people a curse. Uh, let their mother bury them, or let them bury their mother. Klolahi, klomar. Lo yalo alein. Don't let them enter your heart, but lo yeskira vez medrish. Don't even mention them in the study hall to bring a proof. Lefishuri shoyim hayo. Those are good for nothing. Shamikayim kotsimikarim. They keep thorns in the vineyard. So, um... Literally, it means they didn't follow the agriculture laws. But actually, thorns in the vineyard usually means like um, a, a wicked person is called like a thorn in the vineyard. You know, you're supposed to grow uh, uh, good things, and instead they grew uh, a thorn. So that's the... Uh, he says, basically, you can't bring any proofs from that family. That family, they ignore all the rules. He says that whatever that story was, it, it, that was like, uh, it was a crime family. We, we're not talking, you can't really bring a proof. We don't know the details. It wasn't something that could, uh, you could bring a proof from. Whereas the other opinion said, no, they didn't do anything wrong. Uh, maybe there was a proof from them. So it's kind of a strange, it's an unusual thing that, they wanted, to, this, uh, they wanted to bring a proof from that story and were saying, was that family a law-abiding family or not? And it seems to be a, a matter of debate. Okay, back to the Gemara. Um, and the first opinion was like Rebbe Eliezer, that uh, you, don't, you don't do things just based on a saying. For Reb Nas and Reb Yaakov, Nami they agree also you need to make a Kenyan. And even though um, uh, the person who asked you to do it passed away, so we threw this in the mix over here. Sometimes, uh, even though you're not required, there's a concept of trying to do a person's testimony, to trying to fulfill their will. That's the so they said there is no special. It's not incumbent on everybody that. People have certain wants and desires at certain times in their life. That doesn't mean you've got to do it. That just because that person, you know, at the last moments in life said he wants this to happen. So they say no. The Yeshomer Karabanan. The Yeshomer is like the Rabbanan. He was like Rav Meir. 
Kareb Eliezer, that you need a Kenyan. But when the person passed away, Armina Mitzvah Lekayim Divremes. That opinion said, no, we put great weight. You know, the person passed away. Let's try to, uh, this was his, uh, one of his last will. Let's put weight on that. They say, no, we're not sure what to do. Yachloku, let's split it. Uh, and since they're in doubt, so we, we leave it up to the judge. We figure out what to do. And what, and what was the story of Shivan Anasi Maisa And he came uh, to quote this whole story. So I just wanted to point out that the, these are the different opinions about what to do in that case. Again, there, there's, there, there, we're all over the place here with these opinions. Do you, do you look at the Kenyan? Do you look at the command? Do you not look at the command? Which opinion were we going in? Fine. Next, Iboilahu. So we quoted Rav Shimon, who was the leader, who was the Nasi. Now, typically, if we want to know who the Halacha was, we follow the leader. <laughs> follow the leader. That's a game. And that was Shimon Anasi, right? So th- was he the leader or was that his name? Like sometimes if the Nasi was in your family, you were like your Shimon Anasi. So was, that, was he the leader? So Iboilu, was Shimon Anasi Nasi? Was he the Nasi? Oh, Mishmei the Nasi Komar. Or was he just saying he was trying to quote the Nasi? The Tashma, the Omer of Yosef, Alachikur Shimon Anasi. It says that uh, you see that uh, uh, he was the Nasi. He wasn't just quoting him. It's not clear. This, this doesn't fully, it, it's unclear exactly what did it mean. Um, Tosus, uh, why are we asking such a strange question? Second toth, <laughs> Nobody ever knew that he was a Nasi. He's not on the list. <laughs> you know, so was he the Nasi? Was he not the Nasi? Tosu seems to say, like, that's why we weren't sure what's the deal over here. Uh, back to the Gemara. Gufam, Rav Yosef, Halakha, Kariv Shimon, Hanasi. He says, we hold like Rav Shimon, uh, uh, who was the Nasi. I, Vahakaim, Belon, Diveshkim, Rakasum, and Surim, Dami that we, uh, we typically have these special allowances for a person on their deathbed. Uh, Rav Yosef, Mukilei he learned, no, we're not talking about on the deathbed. Baha'i, but didn't the word say that he died? Because we talked about giving the heirs. So doesn't that sound like somebody died over here? It says to the heirs, and so shouldn't there be weight to the fact that this was their final will? So the Lord said, no. You could learn Taner You give it back to sender. Maybe he was alive. So it's actually not so clear that that was the case that he died. See, if he died, then then first of all he might have been on the deathbed when he gave it, and then second of all there might be a mitzvah to listen to him even if he, he wasn't on the deathbed. But if you learn that he wasn't on the he was alive, return to sender. So that changes the whole equation. Again, it came out that there was a lot of different factors in that case of what to do. Okay. New Mishnah, new Perak. And we're back to our old issue. Somebody delivers a divorce from across the seas, uh, which we said was basically any place outside of Israel. The Omar, and he declares, He says, absolutely, I was there when they wrote the divorce. But he can't declare that he was there when it was signed. Or, it was signed in front of me, 
but he can't say it was written in front of me. So we've got half a testimony. But let's say he saw the whole writing, but he saw part of the signatures. Or I saw half the writing, and I saw the whole, the whole signing. In other words, the, um, we're going to see that Gemara is going to ask right away, isn't it obvious? We learned already, you got a bit. Gemara might have said we thought it's a nice idea to have all those full testimony, but maybe if you can testify one and a half, meaning you saw the whole writing and half the signing, or the whole signing and half the writing, maybe that's also good enough. So really our Mishnah is teaching you, no, that we, uh, the halacha is you need the whole shebang, the whole writing, the whole signing. Fine. That's the first halacha. Yeah. I, I thought that we had said the other way around, that the, uh, the Pasuk is because of love and us on law. So the important thing is that it was written Lishma, and then the Eide Mesira are the important thing. But the Eide Chasima are Lavdavka. In fact, if it's not signed, then it's still kosher. That's one opinion. Yeah, there is an opinion like that. Uh, that's Rebbe Eliezer um, holds the Eide Mesira Karti. But um, um, uh, the Mishnah didn't uh, start it off with opinion. It said you need both. Right, which implies, so you'd have to say that the the, the reason for the signature is just uh, um, it, it's just to prove it, but it doesn't make the actual divorce. But either way, you're going to need um, once they instituted that's the formula. The whole formula has to be said. Has to be satisfied. Okay. Now, next case, uh, instead of having um, uh, a witness or two witnesses, you have different witnesses. So. To, can you add different testimony together? One guy says, I saw the writing. And someone else says, I saw the signing. No, that doesn't do it. It's got to be the same guy. All right. How about uh, two people saw the writing. And a different person saw the signing. You got to, it, it was, basically the writing and the sign, it's really a package deal. You want somebody that knows that the, everything is fine. And once you're Taking bits and pieces from different people, this view the, was saying it's no good. Rabbi Huda says, no, uh, that's okay. I mean, uh, Maksha, you got two witnesses. That's like as good as you can get. Next. What happens if one saw the, the, the writing? And two people saw the signing. Kasher. That's good. We'll see uh, from the Gemara that case. Okay. So, uh, we basically... We had those requirements in the previous parak. Our question is, if we can't make them all in one place, uh, they come from two different sources, or the person's missing, that, that's really the issues we're going to deal with in this Mishnah. Let's see the Gemara. Hasu Lamali. This is repetitive. We already said you need uh, both things to testify. Hatani Zimna. We learned already, maybe get me and you need to testify it was written and signed. Why do we repeat it? You know, I feel like I gave away the punchline, which I did. So the, it's very challenging always. Do you want to explain it now so there's no questions, or do you want to wait for the Gemara to answer it, and then you'll wait? So here, I, I don't know why I decided to give it away. But now the Gemara asked that question, didn't we learn it already? You need both. The Gemara said, Imahi, if we only had the first Mishnah, Havamin Tzarech. I would have thought it's good to have it. V'i lo Omar. But if you don't have it, if you don't have the full testimony, Kasher, it's still good. Kamash Malan, that we weren't playing games. We said you need it, 
And anything short of that, it's not just a nice thing. It's just, once you're testifying, say it this way. No, if you don't, I might have thought that, but our mission is saying, no, we mean business. Okay. Then we said, if you, I was there for half. Uh, even if you were there for the whole signing, it's no good. So Lamora wants to know which half. How, how do you see half a writing? Uh, so, if you were there from the first setting where they sat down, uh, actually, if you're there from the beginning, that's the most important part. The first line, if you were there when the, the husband sat down with the wife and he said he wishes to divorce his wife so-and-so and he tells the witnesses to write the get, I mean, you basically, the, the rest of the get is just the form letter in such and such a place, on the Chattahoochee, on the such and such a date. I mean, you need all those things, but if you basically saw the, 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 the main, uh, uh, the divorce, that should be enough. So uh, when we said half, did, could we have meant it? You were there, uh, you just missed the end? Um, he's correct. You, no, you missed, you were there for the wrong half. You were only there for the second half. You got there, and there's a man and woman standing there, you know, and the scribe is scribbling away, but you didn't hear the command. Or you didn't know his name or her name, or she's in the other room, or whatever. You, you missed the beginning. It's like when you, I felt bad because in the recording yesterday, I missed the beginning of the, of the, of the class, so I'm sure it didn't make any sense. You know, when you miss the beginning, it's like you're lost, right? So, uh, so when we said half, our question was, if you got the beginning, didn't you, shouldn't that be enough? There was an opinion that says, the first line says it all. So Morris says, you're right. It, when it said half, it means he missed the beginning. He came at the end. So coming at the end, you're missing half. Okay, back to the Gemara. So, hey, Katsu. Um, so uh, we quoted before, which, uh, um, oh, I'm sorry, the funai nekta were five lines, six lines from the bottom. Funai nekta of Kula, the funai nekta of Katsu. So we said if the whole thing was written, uh, but I only saw half the signatures. So we said half doesn't do the trick on the signatures. Afilu, even if yad sheni, even if you have two witnesses, it's no good. Why? My time. You have to be able to testify on the whole, the the whole either on the, the fact that the divorce was fully written co- uh, compliance or that it had all the witnesses. But when you're only able to testify on half, uh, you're breaking up. Once you, you do bits and pieces, that messes it up. Rashi, kiyam haget, hainu edem amidin al chosem edem. That's on the signatures. Tachanus kachamim edes hashliach. That's the messenger. Shemidu kachamim kishnaim. That we give him great credibility. So, I don't understand. Had one person said, I knew, I saw it, I would have said it's kosher. Oh, how could it be? When do we reject two witnesses over here? Like, two witnesses are always the best thing. Uh, even if he and somebody else in other words, you have one witness. This was the story. That one witness said, I saw, the witness came, said, I saw the whole writing of the divorce. Fine, we believe you on that. And then I saw one complete signature. And the second signature, uh, he said, he and someone else 
testify about that. It's not real clear. I didn't see the signature, but I recognize it. So he and somebody else testified. So basically, he's doing three quarters of the testimony in this case. So really, it's not a bad testimony because we, the second witness, we've got two people that recognize the signature, he and somebody else. But since he's the whole testimony for half, and now he's a three quarters, we are concerned about a three quarter testimony. Because the, the usual rule is when we confirm documents, we need two full testimonies. We can't take three quarters of the testimony from the same guy. You can't take away money uh, on one witness, three quarters on one witness. Testimony is two witnesses. And so even though in this case it would come out, uh, um, there shouldn't be a problem uh, having three quarters, we don't like three-quarter witnesses because it's going to mess us up in all those cases where it's got to be two whole witnesses. That's, that's what the Gemara wants to say. Uh, it's kind of like a rabbinic problem. We don't like a person testifying three-quarters of the testimony because in most documents, three-quarters uh, isn't... You need two whole witnesses where each one is testifying half. Masgari Rashi. Rashi, he doesn't, he doesn't like this rabbinic concept that this should be no good. Wait a second. If he had said everything, we would be kosher. Now that he brings along a buddy, it's no good? Just because it's a three-quarter? He can be, if he did the whole testimony, he's good. He does three-quarters, and we say, well, we don't want any three-quarters because there are too many cases where we need to have split testimony, and so we can't have any three-quarter testimonies. Can't be, the Morris think. El Omer Ravashi, so Ravashi says no. Afilu Omer Ani, who Sheni Pasel. Uh, even if he says, I'm the second witness, it's no good. You have to be able to, um, you can't be a split, you can't have a split personality when it comes to testimony. You've got to be fully on one or fully on the other. You can't say, I heard, saw half of this and half of that. It's not a Chinese menu. Tanan, they get really confused when you do that at the restaurant. You know, I'll take half of this. and Can you split this order up with that? You've got to be very good to, if they can keep it straight. And so testimony also, we don't allow like splitting up. Tanan, the Gemara wants to see uh, this, if this is trouble. Uh, what's the part you're missing? If there's no other testimony, when one person does the whole thing, uh, and one testifies two separate people on, and each one does in the whole thing, it's puzzle. So if the second one only testifies in half, of course it's puzzle. Either it's like Rava Ravashi, Lafukin Rivkista. We're saying that. Uh, um, like we said before, this is like a rabbinic problem, like uh, uh, that we wanted you to testify on the whole thing. So, but how would Ruchista explain it? Even according to the way you want to say, why do you need to say both? It means not only this, but that. Here also, you can say that this is really kosher, and it meant to say not only if it's one, but if it's two. Uh, the, the wording is very difficult to say what we're coming to exclude. That is the 
the basic part here. I would say the Art Scroll had a nice chart of uh, all these opinions here, uh, right? It has, uh, has a nice, uh, yeah, that's the one. That, that kind of um, uh, crystallizes it. I, you know, I was looking at all these different things. Who's Rabba and who's Rava? And you just look at the Art Scroll and he tells you, unless you want to call that cheating. Uh, when, in the old days, you would map it out. In other words, you write down each thing and you, uh, um, again, the question is, uh, how to learn this case of the uh, of of the half witness? What is the problem uh, here with the half witness? As we get ready to go, uh, Viter. But uh, the the uh, the basic issue is combining separate testimonies and bits and pieces. When we allow it and when we don't. I mean, were we saying it was no good or certainly it's good? And our question is, if, if it's certainly good, why do we need to say it? And so then we said sometimes the Mishnah says not only this. But this. So now the Gemara wants to show, do you find other Mishnayas that teach these halachas of combining different things, that you can combine bits and pieces? And so the Gemara is going to show that there are some other totally unrelated cases where we combine uh, two separate things. Amrev Chista. And now we're going to begin that. Uh, it's not directly related to our case of divorce, but we were we just want to show that there is um, there are other scenarios where you combine different things, uh, bits and pieces, so to speak. So let's begin. Dorish Marema, Gidul Chamisha. So sometimes, in order to carry on Shabbos, you need a mechitza wall of ten tefachim high to be considered a separate area. So what about if you have a uh, can you go back a couple of lines? I think we skipped. Did we skip? We started with Omer of Chisda. Oh, Omer of Chisda, right? Gedud Chamisha. Oh, it's about... Yeah. Uh, Omer of Chisda, Gedud Chamisha. If you have a, uh, a, uh, an earthenware area that goes up five, like a... Uh, is there a name for that? Like uh, the earth... Um, an embankment. An embankment. Oh, an embankment wall. Would you call it that, Michael, an embankment wall, or is yeah. the other thing? I was, I, was, I, was, I was thinking it was like you know dirt that was kind of up at an angle, up to five. Yeah, but if it's if it's plus, if it's a, a, a very low plus, then it's not going to be the uh, the wall versus. It has to sl- it has to slope quickly, yeah. yeah right. So um, maybe a terrace. Oh, I was, yeah, I was thinking of a terrace. That was the word I was like a terrace. Like. I'm not familiar with that word berm, but okay. Yeah, berm, it's, no, just, no, no. It's, it's almost like a fence that's made out of dirt. It's a berm normally is like a bump, whereas a terrace is mamish to different levels. Uh-huh. I'm not sure what the Probably all is. of these would I satisfy. Would uh-huh. <laughs> so, but but basically, you have uh, between one uh, one area and another, there is a level of dirt blocking. So it's it's a it's a wall of dirt, so to speak. And then the upper half is the mechitza five. So uh, can you have, would that be considered? Now, by the way, so uh, in the old days, for some reason, there was a big deal to have a mechitza in between the men and the women. I don't know, again, today, you look at it, and you know, who cares what's in between, you know. But so the, the women felt insulted to have a fence. You know, I, uh, we got to be behind the fence. So what they did was they sometimes made the floor uh, go up five and they had a smaller fence. So this way they didn't feel like they were behind a whole fence. They were behind a half fence, half fence. And half. I'm trying to think there are some shuls like that. Um, 
there was most of the conservative acts are they in the old days they they they, they when they at least that separate they tried to uh, so the question is is that considered a wall of ten? So the first opinion Rukhista said Gidud Kamisha Mikitsa Kamisha Amit Starfin. He says you can't add the two together. It's either gotta be half wall, it's gotta be a whole wall or a whole terrace, but not half and half, or a whole embankment. Uh, that's one opinion. What's the appearance of this? I mean, you, you brought up an interesting point with the mechitza. So it's it's ten tefachim from one side, but only five tefachim from the other side. Correct. Or does, yes. Or does or does the does this mound? It's like a little hillock, and it comes down on the other side as well, so that it's ten tefachim on both sides. I think it only comes down five on there. At least the shuls that have that. That would be, that would be a berm. Yeah, I think what we're ta- I think what we're talking about is a terrace, Barry. Seems like. Okay, so the so the one side is not is not is not really a wall because it's right. only five tefachim. It's a it's a separate it's elevation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that would explain why they don't add them together because they're not the same. They're one is they're they're right. different in that way. It's two different elevations. And yeah. Little but Mar says Gedud Chamisha Mechisim. He says you could add them together. So we have a full fledged argument about adding two kinds of separation. The Hilchos of Mitzdarf and Halacha is you do add them together. Another Halacha, boy Yilfa. You die of Taurus, uh, can you wash half your hands? You got to purify your hands. Can you wash half? You die of Taurus, can you do half or can you not do half? So, which half? Hey, dummy, what do we mean over here? So, maybe we mean half the water. You wash two hands. You're supposed to, we need a revius to wash one's hands. So, what can you do two, two and one? You have the same revius and you put two hands there. And you pour on the, both at the same time. Would that do the trick? Uh, so is that our question? Uh, we, that can't be the question. Vatanan, we learn. That would work. The kamashi chad chad Maybe you wash one of the t- two different uh, two different hands with like two different waters. Let's say you do one hand with water from a cup. And the other one, you, you dunk it in a lake. Uh, so that's called shtifas yadayim. You put your hand in the mikvah. So one hand in the mikvah and one hand uh, with the cup. That works. So that can't be our question either. So what's the half and half question? Can you be in the mikvah and do that with your hand? Uh, usually you'd be out of the mikvah. Because uh-huh. usually in the mikvah you wouldn't have your clothes on, I guess. or uh, you, Well, maybe you would. But... Yeah, technically, you could come out of a mikvah and then just go eat some bread because your hands just, right. you know, they, they, I mean, you, you purified your whole body. Your hands are part of your body, too, right? So that's the question what kind of bracha you make. You make the bracha on, uh, I forgot the. Yes, you died. died. Yeah. That was the. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, most of the time, it's just easier to get water. <laughs> but it, uh, but in theory, you could... Uh, well, maybe we'll try out the new men's mikvah there. There is a question if you're in a room where people are unclothed. Uh, so, uh, you know, you, it'd be better like in an outdoor where you just dipped your hands in a lake or something like that and, and wash that way. But either way, so that can't be the case either. So what's the half and half? You washed half your hand. Uh, and Omar uh, let's say you uh, sometimes this comes up a person has a uh, a band-aid on half their hand or it's covered, so can they wash the, the other half? 
So he says, Yadayim ain't Torah's the Chatoin. You can't cut a hand in half. You can't do two fingers. You know, like, I'll wash these two fingers and I'll only hold my sandwich with those two fingers, right? Could I do such a thing? So, no, no, you can't do that. So we're still confused over here. What's the case of the half and half by the hands? So the Lord says, Deika Masha Tofeach. You had uh, one, you washed one hand and it got damp, but you didn't hit it with enough water yet. And then you wash the other hand. Can you have like electricity? We want to. Is there such a thing as like at least it got damp enough that it's the water is, is damp and it connects the two? We're going to have to leave that question uh, for tomorrow. The half and half of the hands, exactly how does that work out?